right hello everybody um welcome back to midwest madness weekly (laughs) podcast called midwest madness (laughs) emily is looking particularly tired today you know that please excuse our brains what is the saying um road hard and road wet and hung out oh dry. yeah so yeah it's like a race like a horse racing thing yeah yeah Ro- that's what i am today you're just kind of too pooped to pop yep but i'm still gonna tell a story all right and sirius is gonna stare out the window hopefully not bark because sieva's not here today so we only have one one dog in the, in the living room i was gonna say studio but this isn't a studio <laughs> no we're not that bougie no um, I tried. I tried to get you to set up a little space in your bedroom, your oh, extra bedroom. Yeah, but that's for people. Yeah, and it it wouldn't it wouldn't work very well. It's hot up there. Yeah, it is. You don't want to record. Anyways, <laughs> um, okay. So it's Emily's turn this yeah. week to tell me Danielle the story. Um, yes, it's a Thursday night after work. I've been. Spending my week making jello shots and pasta salad for a bachelorette party this weekend. So And I've been dealing with children. So. Why we're recording <laughs> early. Because we wanted to get you guys a story. Yes. Um, all right. I think mine might be a li- slightly longer. So That's okay. I have no idea how long mine's going to be because I thought last week's was going to be super long. And then it was like 15 seconds yeah it's very short so shut up emily i'm already insecure about it (laughs) whatever um cool well i will get into this and i know you've heard this story before even though well okay once you i get into it you'll know exactly what i'm talking about two little things that i heard ring zero bells okay so all right well i'm going to be telling the story of kathleen um she goes by katie Poyer, I believe is how you say her last name. I'm drawing a blank still. Uh, the funny thing is, literally 15 seconds before we started recording this, I looked up how to say her last name. And, and I just th- sit here with my ears plugged. <laughs> by the time we started recording, I already had forgotten how to say her last name. So I think that's right. But okay. if it's not, I'm sorry. Um, okay, so let's get into it. Katie Poyer was a fun, bubbly, and very active 19-year-old girl, according to her dad, Steve Poyer, back in May of 1999. She had high hopes and ambitions for herself in life, and she really wanted to be either a police officer or a game warden. Cool. Yep. She had just graduated from high school the year before. And she was currently studying criminal justice at the local Fond du Lac Community College. And she had recently become engaged to her boyfriend, now fiancé, Mark. Um, could not find his last name. That's Isn't that weird? Yeah. You're like, when, especially, so with my, my story last week with Sandy and Sharon, I could not find Sandy's last name anywhere and in some of the sources, they didn't even list her first name. They said unnamed friend. Well, maybe because she was a minor. Yeah, but by now you would think. Yeah, I guess been, I don't know. What, three decades? Four decades? Yeah. But, yeah, oh. I couldn't find Mark's last name. Yeah, so. So, always weird and frustrating. Um, to make some money, Katie had started a job as a clerk at the local Conoco convenience store. I'm going to call it a gas station because that's what we call it here. Yes. Right off of Interstate 35 in Moose Lake, Minnesota. 
So that's the one that we still drive past when that's the one that's still there. This still hasn't gone. No, I've got no idea. What? I'm so surprised. Um, Drawing a blank. Now, for those of you who don't know, Moose Lake is about 35 to 40 minutes south of Duluth and about an hour and a half north of the Twin Cities. It's a small town that's mostly known for its access to many different lakes, and its town slogan is, A City for All Seasons. Cute. <laughs> it's one of those small northern Minnesota towns, like, where everybody knows everybody. I say, I swear we say this in, like, half of our episodes. Right. But, like, that's just what it is. It's like that cliche. You yeah. Know? Nobody um, locked their doors at night. Everyone yeah. knew everyone's business. And so, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> The population of Moose Lake in 2019 was 2,812 people, and back in 1999, it was around 2,250 people. So the area itself hasn't really grown much. No. Um, yeah. And when you go into Moose Lake, it is your very, like, quintessential, like, 1960s, 70s to like little small town. Yeah, there's not a whole like even from the freeway, it's just like a blink and you'll miss it kind of exit. There's two exits, yeah. So, so. the one that the Conoco is at though, it's yeah. like that's kind of it, isn't it? Um, there's a McDonald's there. Oh yeah, now. that's right. That's yeah, right. but there wasn't before. Okay. Um, the main crime people see in this area, I really went deep into like Moose Lake. <laughs> <laughs> is theft and <laughs> that i would assume that is because a lot of moose lake is rural um so you know well and if you're gonna have a boat or something outside your house or like an atv or something that's not i like, don't think it was big theft you don't it okay so it's like petty yeah okay um and yeah i mean a lot of people have like land up there i don't think moose lake is really a cab in town in itself but you definitely can, like, drive through Moose Lake to get to a lot of cabin towns. Okay. Are you doing this one because you drove through Moose Lake? No, I'm doing it because um, the one, or not one year, oh my god, the anniversary of, like, the crime okay. was just, like, about, like, a week ago. Okay. And I saw it on Facebook. So I was how like, did oh, I, how interesting. I still have no so, idea. And I knew I wanted to do this one, like anyway for a long time okay i just didn't know like when to do it because i don't want people to think we're like focusing mainly on minnesota cases because we're from minnesota so i'm trying to get a good like variety yeah Um, i feel you because there's one in minnesota that i want to do and i'm like i feel like i just did minnesota yeah so i feel you i'm trying to not stay in in our state right um, now I do also want to point out that the Conoco gas station that Katie was working at was a pretty popular one. Um, for those of you who aren't from Minnesota, the main interstate that goes north from the Twin Cities is Interstate 35. Um, and I know I mentioned that before in our, uh, Glenshine, very first Glenshine episode. And it was mentioned in the Mothman episode because yeah. of the bridge collapse. Yeah, but that's but 35 that's part, W. Yeah, yeah, but that, it's still 35. Yeah. So it gets a little confusing. But anyway, like if you're going to go north, you get on 35. Then that's it. Yep. Um, so like I said, it's literally like right off the exit. So it's it's a pretty popular one. Um, uh, 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 uh. Okay. The gas station is one of those <laughs> ones good song. where there is a restaurant connected to it. Uh, so this one had a subway. You okay. know, you yep. those gas stations. Yep. Yeah. Um, so again, very popular place for travel is your stop. They could get gas. They could get a sub whatever if it was me i would stop at gordy's hi-hat and cloquet but it's each their own <laughs> well you can't do that unless Shameless it's plug. uh unless it's summer summer true 
Um, okay. Now, Katie's mom, Pam, was not a fan of Katie working at this gas station. She felt that there was, like, all sorts of riffraff that came off the interstate, and she really didn't like that Katie would often work the night shift alone. Of course, though, Katie was all like, Mom, it's going to be okay. And her mom was like, Katie, you can't trust everybody. But she was like, Mom, I'm 19. I know everything. I'm paraphrasing here. (laughs) Not really sure if she actually said this, but... Yeah, her Katie was a, like a very trusting person. Okay, so she just didn't think. Well, and how many of us at nineteen think that we're not invincible? True. Yeah. Okay. Um. Now on May twenty sixth, nineteen ninety nine, Katie was working the night shift at the Conoco by herself. At around midnight that night, a customer called nine one one to report that there was no clerk at the gas station, which he thought was rather odd. Okay, this is starting to sound vaguely familiar. But I don't know if it's still the same story because I feel like that has happened in another story somewhere. We'll see. Okay. Um, uh, the police came up to the gas station to investigate. They found that there was, in fact, no clerk at the gas station, but even weirder, nothing seemed to be missing. No money was taken from the cash register and no merchandise was taken. In fact, customers that had come to the gas station when Katie was gone had actually left money with notes on the counter explaining what they took and paying for it. That's a freaking horrible. <laughs> I know. That is like the definition of northern Minnesota. Yeah, literally. <laughs> um, they did notice that Katie's purse and car keys were still in the convenience store and her car was still in the parking lot. Never but a good sign. Katie was nowhere to be seen. That's when police decided to take a look at the surveillance cameras in the store. Please tell me they're working. The gas station had four different cameras inside, but they didn't have any cameras in operation outside of the store. Uh, The greeny black and white footage shows a white man with a Yankees jersey and baseball cap uh, enter the gas station around 11.40 p.m. Unfortunately, we don't see much after this um what we literally see is him like walk around the convenience store and then all of a sudden you see katie being let out the front door of the gas station um a few minutes after he walks in uh he's standing behind her with her hands his hands up to her neck so this led investigators to believe that he had something like around her neck okay so like a belt or like uh, like a rope and like was using it to kind of like control her and okay guide her outdoor out the door um now like i stated before there were no cameras on the outside of the gas station so we couldn't see the car the abductor was driving um and the cameras on the inside were also too blurry to be able to get a good clear picture of the subject so they didn't really have much to go off of right away now, one of the first things police did after seeing this footage was track down the person who was working at the subway that night. Okay. Just so they could talk to them and be like, hey, did you see anything? The subway um, was open that late? No. Oh, okay. We'll get to it. Okay. Uh, the subway and the gas station were connected by an internal door. The night That night, uh, the person who happened to be working was Catherine Hainick. And it turns out that Catherine had a lot of good information for the police. Oh, good. Yeah. She stated that right around 10 p.m. when the subway was closing, there was a weird man who was kind of lurking around both the gas station and the subway subway restru- restaurant. 
Um, she noticed that he was looking oddly at female customers at both the subway and the gas station. Um, it made her feel very uncomfortable. Yeah, that's gross. Yeah. Now, coincidentally, Catherine actually followed that man's car out of the parking lot that night. Um, so she followed him to downtown Moose Lake, and then he turned off into a parking lot of a small cafe, and she went home. But she stated... Um, so she stated that he was driving a black Ford pickup truck, and she actually had written down or memorized part of the man's license Shut plate. Shut up. What a so, badass. Yeah, that's how uncomfortable she, like this guy was making her feel. She had like the... Good for her. The no listen to the, your gut. Yeah, to write it down. So um, what she knew was that it was a Minnesota license plate starting with 557 and ending with a Y. That's really good information. Yeah. That's no. a lot more. That's more than I could tell you about my license plate now. Yeah, I have no idea what my license plate is. <laughs> I used to, but I have a new car, so I don't know what it is. Now, obviously, investigators were very grateful for Catherine. Um, and what they did was they actually went through every single record of black trucks in Minnesota and tried to find like Jeez. the matching license plate. And you got to think, too, this was back in 1999, so everything wasn't electronic. So they yeah. literally were like flipping through oh this stuff. Oh, my God. Um, unfortunately, they didn't find anything, and I'll tell you why, like, later. Okay. There is a reason. Okay, I was gonna, could you tell that I was gonna ask? Yeah, your face was like, <laughs> what? Um, yeah. Now, meanwhile, the whole town of Moose Lake and people from surrounding areas turned up to help search for Katie, but so far they had no luck, so they were searching, you know, like, fields and swamps and whatever. Yeah. Um, it's pretty a woodsy area that up that way. Yeah, it is. So, very. in an episode of Forensic Files, they talked about how they actually sent the video from the gas station to NASA to try to get a clearer picture of the abductor. That's cool. Yeah, because like back in the day, NASA had the most experience trying to get clear pictures because they used it to like take pictures of stars yeah. in far away places and make them clearer. That makes sense. Um, so that's what they did. That's um, pretty cool. They were able to get a clearer photo of the kidnapper, but not clear enough to be able to, like, specifically identify anyone, but they were able to kind of figure it out a little bit more. Like, like he has a square jaw and, okay. Yep. Um, Now, what the police did with this photo was they had a sketch artist draw a rough estimate of what the photo of what the kidnapper, kidnapper, what they believed the kidnapper looked like based off the photo. Um, he probably had a mustache. They also had a physical <laughs> description, and they released this to the public. Um, this led to hundreds of tips being called into the police tip line, but it looked like none of them were going to pan out, unfortunately. Okay. Um, until a man named Daryl Brown called in. Daryl worked at the Minnesota Veterans Home, and he stated that the sketch looked like one of his former, former co-workers, Donald Hutchinson, and I'm putting that in quotes just yes. for everyone who's not here. Um, he stated that Donald looked similar to the man in the sketch. He had been absent from work the day after Katie's disappearance. He had recently cut his hair, and he had stopped driving his black pickup truck. Don't be suspicious. Don't yeah. be suspicious. Shortly after this, he also up and quit his job out of nowhere. Um, now, what we later find is that Donald Hutchinson's real name is actually Donald Blum. 
let's talk about Donald Blum for a second. Oh, dear Lord. (laughs) (laughs) Donald Blum was born in 1949. Okay. He didn't have the best childhood. That's too bad. At around the age of 13, Donald's father began to abuse him. Um, This led to Donald acting out by drinking and getting into trouble. In 10th grade, Donald was sent to a reform school where he often skipped classes. Gosh, I wonder why. Yeah. You know, if your dad's beating you, it's kind of understandable that you might act out. Yeah, absolutely. But what's the saying? You can feel bad for the kid, but you can't feel bad for the man. Yep. Just because. Or the murderer. Yeah. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Um, In 1975, Donald kidnapped a 14-year-old girl, gagged her, and raped her. He then locked her in the trunk of his car, but she was able to escape, and she turned him into police. What a badass. Good for her. Yeah. He did go to trial, and he was convicted, but apparently he didn't go to jail, or he didn't go to jail for very long. I always hate that. Because three short years later... In oh, ni- my God. Seriously? In 1978... Fucking three years? Donald committed aggravated assault. Um, in 1983, he was arrested for criminal sexual m- misconduct. And the same year, Donald threatened two teenage girls at knife point, led them into the woods in a remote area, tied them to a tree and stuffed socks into their mouths... He apparently choked and revived one of the girls several times and told both of them that he was going to rape them. Oh, my God. <laughs> this guy is... Should not have been out of prison. Again, and how many times do we say that? God, here? this is so frustrating. Okay, yeah. I'm, like, legit getting angry. I need to calm down. Um, now, thankfully, these two girls were rescued when a police officer noticed Blom's car was parked the wrong way on the street, and he, like, kind of went into the woods to investigate. What a dum-dum. I mean, good job. But it was in the middle of, like, nowhere, so I'm assuming he kind of... Thanks for being a dummy. ...assumed that nobody would be coming to look for him. I don't know. I should put that on a shirt. What? Thanks for being a dummy. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, A lot of these people are dumb. Yeah, exactly. But also, a lot of them get away with things for way too long. Oh, absolutely. Um, Now, Donald was able to flee into the woods, dye his hair, and evade capture for two months. Until one of the girls recognized him and he was arrested. I hope it was a really shitty two months. I hope he was like hiding in the woods and not getting to be comfortable. And I hope it was terrible. Right. Piece of shit. (laughs) I'm so... so, Oh, Did plead guilty to this crime. Again, I tried to like find how much time he served for like any of these crimes. And Mm, I couldn't find anything. That's so weird. Yeah. So... Well, clearly it wasn't enough time. No, it wasn't. See, and this would be, like, I just feel so terrible for family members of the victims of these people's crimes when they're a habitual offender. Because it's like, how infuriating would it be to be like, this piece of shit should have still been in prison and they weren't and now someone I love is dead. Yeah. and It's so infuriating. In the Forensic Files episode, like, his that's exactly like what her dad says basically yeah it's i just can't even imagine like he's like this guy should have never been out in the first place how do you believe in in our system when something like that happens you know like oh it just makes me so angry yeah it's tough um in 1992, a psychologist actually examined Blum and stated he needed to be closely monitored or he would commit these behaviors again. 
So don't let him out of prison. But Donald's MO was to change his name, move, and change his appearance. So they never really knew where or who he was going as at that point in time. Oh my God, Emily. And this is like, like 1999 isn't that long ago, but you also have to remember like, and I'm not making excuses because there is no excuse, but it was probably a lot harder to track these people back then. But well, still, like, yeah, like less he should have been in jail, so and it shouldn't matter anyway, because yeah. he literally should not have been out, but... Ugh. Yeah, he sounds like a piece of shit. Yeah, he was, at one point, even able to get married. At least you're not that girl, right? Oh, God, right? By May of 1999, when Katie was kidnapped, um, Donald had six felony convic- convictions. Five of those six involved kidnapping and sexual assault. Are you kidding me? No. What the... I'm so... I just... Keep going. Okay. Um, Now, back to Katie's abduction. Um, Police found out that Donald Blom actually owned about 20 acres of property near Moose Lake, about 12 miles from the gas station that Katie was working at. Police, now knowing Donald's background, were able to secure search warrants for the property. So how how long was it since she's been missing? A few hours? A days? We don't know. I don't know. I'm okay. sorry. No, it's okay. That uh, stuff is really hard to find too. This sometimes. like, I I will tell you like the day he was arrested. So it's not long. Okay. Just that's in like a few sentences. Okay. Sorry. I, so she was yeah, abducted was May twenty sixth. Mm-hmm. Um. Now they got search warrants for the property they learned from neighbors that donald had been spending a lot of time at the property before the abduction but hadn't been back since uh police found donald at a campsite spending time with his family in richfield minnesota which is like 10 minutes south of minneapolis um that's a hike in rich to richfield yeah i mean well i don't know where he actually was living he had property in moose oh got it okay but i think he also had property in the twin okay. cities okay um, so moose like might not have been his like home base i don't think okay. it was okay please questioned him here um but obviously he just denied having anything to do with katie's abduction Gosh. now later that day which was june 22nd okay so less than a month okay um donald blum was arrested he refused to give a statement and immediately asked for an attorney He was placed in a county facility until he had to be put in solitary confinement because it was discovered he had plans to escape. Um, Winner, winner. Yeah. Back in Moose Lake, the search of Blum's property was well underway. They actually had help from over 100 National Guard troops. And you said he had how many acres? 20. Holy shit. Yeah. So, which I thought was kind of interesting that they brought in the National Guard to help search the property. I mean, that makes sense, though, because... Moose Lake is not big enough to have that kind of manpower. True. Like. Yeah. And that's, 20 acres is a lot. Yeah. I just have never heard of the National Guard being called in before. So that's why I thought it was interesting. Um, I wonder, well, and that would be the governor who would call them in. Yeah, I don't know. So I think that was uh, the wrestler. Um, Jesse Ventura, I think, was our governor then. Yeah um however katie or katie's body were not found 
They did, however, find some firearms that Bloom, Blum, sorry, was not allowed to carry due because to his past convictions. Okay, I was going to say because he's a felon, right? Yeah. Okay. On the second day of the search, investigators found what they believed to be human bones and human teeth in a fire pit on Blum's property. Ugh. They sent these out for testing, and it was indeed found to be human bone. DNA tests were done and were inconclusive. But the tooth that they had found had a filling in it. So police went to Katie's dentist and asked for dental records. And as it turns out, just a few weeks before Katie's abduction, she had that exact tooth filled. Um, They couldn't say like for 100% certainty that it was Katie's tooth, but they stated that it was like... Like... Really likely. Like very, very likely. And it's kind of interesting because again, in that forensic, Forensic Files episode, they actually talked to her dentist... And she said that the type of filling that she had used was like a brand new type that she had gotten at a conference okay. from 3M, like as a sample. Okay. So she hadn't like used this. On a lot of people. A, or so like on anyone except for Okay. So it was Katie. really unlikely so, that it was someone else. Yeah. So she, when they saw like that, it was that kind of filling, she was like, um, yeah, probably. Okay. So... Yeah. Now, on September 8th, Donald Blum confessed to kidnapping and murdering Katie Poyer. He stated that he strangled her and dumped her body in the fire pit. He did not, however, confess to sexually assaulting her. But it's probably likely considering his... M.O. Yeah. But we're going to just say no. Yeah. Donald... No proof. ...soon after recanted his story and stated that in solitary confinement and medications, he were on made him confess he went to trial in i don't understand how your medications would make you confess but okay well i mean yeah i guess i don't know i didn't look into what medications he was on or anything but um he went to trial in june of 2000 um i won't that's pretty fast yeah a year um i won't get much into this like the trial itself but okay. there was over 50 witnesses jeez and donald's biggest offense was that he had never he would never wear a yankees jersey which his own brother testified was false because he was like no 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 no. like i've literally seen you wear this yankees jersey before that's the dumbest defense i yeah, think we've had like, it can't be me on the video footage because i would never wear a yankees cap <laughs> <laughs> yeah now that's so stupid why why did they think that would work i don't know oh my god um okay yeah you do you buddy yeah you think whatever you want to think um now to go back to that uh car thing you remember how uh, they didn't find his black truck registered yes that's because there was a clerical error and they had accidentally listed the truck as white seriously yeah it's not that hard i mean we can't judge i'm judging a little bit no we can't judge just like a tiny bit we all make mistakes that's a pretty shitty mistake to make okay but who would have guessed that you don't know i'm just saying we i've we've all made mistakes so we can't be too hard on this one clerical person who accidentally made a mistake you have one job (laughs) you're gonna get us in trouble i was kidding (laughs) Hence the giggles. On September 8th, Donald Blum... Oh, wow. Just read that. (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay, so he Reverse. was convicted of first-degree murder and sentenced to life without the possibility of parole. Is he still alive? Yes, Ugh. as far as I can tell. Bummer. Uh, yeah, he'd be like 80-something. Okay. Yeah, 81 okay. or 82. Okay. Um, he is serving... Oh, sorry. He also was given a 19-year sentence on top of that for the guns he had on his okay. property. I was wondering if that was yeah. going to... So they literally were like, we're not, you're not gonna get out ever, even. No opportunity for parole or anything. Yeah, they didn't have the possibility of parole, but for some odd reason, if something did happen, they were like, nope, you still have a 19-year gun sentence. Good. um, He's serving his time in a prison in Pennsylvania. Now. Do you know why he's all the way out in Pennsylvania? No, but I feel like this happens a lot more than we think it does, where like people are serving their time in like different i wonder how that's decided states yeah i don't know because i i just always assumed like if you did your crime in iowa you'd serve your time in iowa yeah but that doesn't seem to be the case not always yeah if any of you are lawyers or can explain that to us that'd be great we'd love to know yeah or work in law enforcement yeah um, no, I guess you could say that some, like, quote-unquote good came from this case. Minnesota legislation did pass Katie's law, implementing harsher sentences for repeat sex offenders. Good. And the Conoco Company also made it mandatory that all shifts must be worked by two or more people. That's smart. Yes. The last thing I want to talk about is the other possible crimes that Donald Blum could be responsible for. So we've got one of those. Yeah, believe that Blum could be responsible for a series of murders dating back to the 1970s. Um, Dennis Fear, who works for the Minnesota Bureau of Criminal Apprehension, believes that he actually is a serial killer. Okay. Uh, They are looking at him as a suspect in the murder of 19-year-old Wisconsin college student Holly Spangler. Spangler. Holly was found in the woods at a Bloomington, Minnesota park. Uh, Donald Blum was living in the area at the time under the name Donald Prince. Another murder they are looking at him for was the murder of Wilma Johnson. She was found strangled in 1983 near the St. Paul Cathedral. Blum did admit to being at the crime scene for this one, but he did not admit to killing her. And lastly... Seems like a slippery slope yeah, I don't to know. admit like, yeah, I was how there. that works, but... Maybe in case they like found his DNA and they couldn't, and he, they oh. couldn't, he was, and he couldn't say like, I wasn't there. And they were like, ah, oh, we, we have your, your DNA. DNA. So yeah. at least this way, like that would explain that. I okay. don't know. Uh, that's just me reaching. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. Um, and lastly, Blum told investigators that he might have killed a man near the St. Paul High Bridge, but nobody was ever found. Um, they say like, because of his MO of like, doing something bad changing his name changing his parents and then like moving Mm -hmm. like he could be responsible for so many a lot of yeah things so that yeah that's um very unsettling yeah um yeah and that is the very sad story of the kidnapping and murder of katie poyer yeah I, i feel like i've heard like some aspects of that but i don't know if i've ever heard the whole story um well i just like feel like I've heard about that story so much because we would talk about it going up to Cloquet with mom and dad. 
Like, I've even been in the gas station and been like, ooh, creepy what? vibes. Where was I? I don't know. Probably had your headphones in. Mm. Or reading a book. Yeah. But I always thought, because remember how I said I thought I, like, knew the story, but after, like, getting into it. Yeah. I, like, learned a lot more. I always thought that her body was found in a lake. Oh. But not but the case. Really not yeah. found at all. Necessary. Well, technically. Maybe. A little bit, I guess. Parts. Um, Parts. But... And then I knew that, like, the the rules changed about, like, working alone mm-hmm. in the gas station because of this case. But, again, I thought it was that, like, a female couldn't work alone, specifically. I do remember mom saying that. But it's, I, this just makes it seem like, like nobody yeah. can work which, alone, which is. Which is smart. Yeah, definitely the best way to do that. Yes. So, yeah, that was a good one, I thought, to do. Yeah, especially because the anniversary was, like, yeah, last week. 22 years. Oh, my gosh. That's so sad, though. Yeah. 19. Ugh, so young. Yep. Um, So, I did a case that had a conclusion. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Not another, we don't know. <laughs> I feel like those ones, like, just have the best... Um, discussion around them. yeah that's why i like doing them well they're intriguing they're interesting and yeah but so. i know some people really don't like them so i switched it up for you guys this time you are welcome that was a good one thank you mm-hmm. um sources okay well you get your sources i'll do our socials i already have them oh okay i thought you were looking <laughs> sorry no. go for it um the first one is the published pen.com um the second one is murderpedia and last was uh, Forensic Files, Season 7, Episode 30, titled Tooth and Quons- Consequences. Okay. And it's on YouTube. I would, it's really short. It's like 25 minutes long. So if you want to like learn more about this case and it goes a little bit more in depth on like the science that kind of helped solve it with like the dentist, dental work and the photo. So yeah. it's kind of interesting. Um, yeah, would recommend. Okay. Good to know. I might check that out when I go home. And it's kind of funny because you know it was, it aired so long ago, and the, yeah, <laughs> the um, it's some of the forensic bad. files that are out there, you're like, yeah, what is happening? Yeah. Um. So our socials are on Instagram, MW Madness Podcast. Uh, we have the Facebook group, Midwest Madness Podcast, and our email is MW Madness podcast at gmail.com um we love hearing from you guys so please feel free to reach out and and join us wherever you feel like joining us and if you have an episode you want us to cover please send it our way yes we love that yeah cool all right um (laughs) awkward silence (laughs) well we will talk to you guys next tuesday and i hope you have a great rest of your week. Bye.